Hi, this is Paranormal Wishes, a podcast where authors geek out about anything and everything the paranormal genre has to offer. We talk about books, television, movies, and whatever else catches our attention. We're both magpies and like to collect shiny things. We'll have a different topic each episode and sometimes bring on guests to chat with us. So pull up a chair, a cozy blanket, and something warm to drink and hang out with us. Don't know what the paranormal genre is? Well, our first episode will help you out with that. I'm Coral Alejandra Moore. I write character-driven fantasy and paranormal stories of connection and triumph. All of my books are kissing books. Hi, I'm TJ Deschamps. I write paranormal women's fiction, urban fantasy, and fairy tale retellings. My stories are about magical women with diverse casts and subversive themes, preferring the mature and wise protagonist over the wet behind the ear chosen one types. Join us for an episode a month where we chat about all your paranormal wishes. Hello, welcome to the second episode of Paranormal Wishes, where we are going to talk about paranormal television shows and movies. And this episode came about because we started talking about it a little bit in our first episode, and we realized there was just a whole other show's worth of material in there just talking about that. How Mm -hmm. has paranormal shows and movies impacted you? I think for me... Uh, paranormal shows, especially, I mean, more recently, I think movies, but a a lot of the shows in the nineties, because I'm ancient, um, really formed who I was, you know, like Buffy, the vampire slayer. I actually watched when it was on television (laughs) and it was extremely formative, um, for me. Uh, I think that was the first one like that, that I, I watched and I, I felt like, I had finally seen something that, that spoke to me. Like there was a, I don't know, uh, like level of metaphor that was going on there that I really appreciated, especially cause I was, I was like, uh, I was probably like tw- a 20 or so, um, at that point. And it really just felt appropriate. It, it felt like it matched me in, in a way that not anything else that I had ever watched did. How about you? How did, how did it impact well, you? Believe it or not, I was a quirky child and I had a lot of things that I noticed that I was different than other people. Like I looked like everybody else, but I felt different than a lot of people. And then I learned later I was neurodivergent. And I think shows like there were reruns, but Adam's Family, The Monsters, where there are these supernatural sort of misfits shaped that it was like okay like they could be who they were dark or weird or whatever but they just felt good and also i like wonder woman is based on greek mythology so it's kind of does the paranormal thing wonder woman was really big for me and uh, also Mm. paranormal cartoons like scooby-doo learning every time it was never a monster it was always the man that (laughs) made me think a lot that just because you're different because you look different or think differently or like um understand the world through a different lens than what is considered typical it was okay and it was actually cool and kind of fun so yes paranormal shows and movies definitely impacted me fast forward to when i'm older um i had read the anne rice um vampire uh interview with a vampire lestat totally identified with that Brat Prince character because it was the first bisexual representation that I saw in 
a movie they coded it in the movie they didn't really come out and say it but like the more modern version has definitely come out mm-hmm. and say he's he, he's bisexual and it was nice to have that kind of representation to know like there's other people like me so definitely a big, big impact on who i am as a person and feeling good about myself that's interesting because i i definitely watched wonder woman as a kid because it was much earlier than say mm-hmm. buffy but i never yeah. would have until like we have talked about it, I never would have slotted that in as paranormal, right? It, yeah. To me, that always felt much more like comic books and superheroes were a separate thing. Yeah. Um, but now I, I, I agree with you. I mean, not only is it based in myso- mythology, but I think a lot of that superhero stuff is pretty interchangeable. The, the line there is very, very thin. Very thin. And then Scooby-Doo, when you said that, I started thinking about what you were talking about with like... Um, the monsters were actually the men. And then I was like, huh, is that where like all of these paranormal, like ghost hunters and whatever, is that the genesis of all those shows? Is Scooby-Doo where all of that started? Like, I'm going to investigate this weird, quirky, um, this weird, quirky mystery and find out if it's really a monster or if it's a man. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I, and I like, they've kind of gone the other way. I like some of those. I, mean, I like some of those shows. Definitely um, shout out to like um, Shane. I can't think of his last name. Madey and Ryan Bagara. They were BuzzFeed people. Um, they do they they do skeptic versus um, believer kind of uh, monster hunting stuff. And um, Shane is the skeptic, and Ryan is the believer. And I love their dy- dynamic, and they bring a lot of comedy into it. And they get to go to a bunch of historical sites and explore the paranormal. So it's cool. Cause they get a little bit of both, but yeah, definitely. I wonder mm. if they, I, I wonder if they watched Scooby-Doo when they were kids too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think like before, cause Scooby-Doo was pretty early. I can't remember exactly when it, it started, but it was very, very early for, yeah. for that whole thing. And I don't remember ever before, like maybe the early two thousands, possibly the late nineties, seeing those like ghost hunter shows. Yeah. Um, and they certainly weren't as popular as they are now. Um, so that's interesting. I, I never made that connection before today that Scooby-Doo was, was kind of all about that, except, you know, fictitious instead of pretending it's real or whatever. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. Mentioning our age, we kind of growing up in the eighties, we kind of had that like golden era of reruns from those kind of shows Mm -hmm. like Adam's family. And then we had Scooby-Doo and then we had shows that, you know, like went on then and then as we, you said, you know, we were in our twenties and Buffy came out and, you know, interview with the vampire and those shows came out. It's just, it's just like, I think that that heavily influenced me as an author and how I look at paranormal in general. Sure. I, uh, I know like we were talking, we talked a little bit about Adam's family and the monsters and those, the, the shows, I think they started in the sixties. In I think those shows did. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a couple of others in there um, that I also want to quickly shout out because, you know, you and I would have watched them as reruns as kids too. Like I dream of Jeannie and bewitched, which were kind of about, you know, middle-aged housewives doing magical hijinks and, you know, trying to pretend to be normal. And, uh, going back to what you were saying a little bit that you kind of knew you were not the same as everybody else, but you know, you, you're trying to make sure to pretend to be like everybody else. And I, I felt like those shows in particular were very much about that. 
you know, I'm just a normal housewife, just doing my thing. I've got my kids and I'm, I'm just doing my thing. Oh no, I need to do some magic to solve this catastrophe over here. Yeah. I, I always felt like those were very much um, that kind of story. Definitely. Definitely. Like trying to fit in and you just don't, and then you end up being yourself and it's way better. Like, yeah. 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 Or some kind of combination is, is the best of both worlds. Um, so how do you think those kinds of shows have impacted the genre as a whole? Like how have we grown because of them as time has gone on? Well, I think with any sort of fiction, even, I mean, including the paranormal genre, I think the predecessors shaped, shape how the genre moves forward. Like they set the, you know, like they set the tropes, they set the, um, themes and, you can come up with, you know, your own characters and your own message and your own stories, you know, your whole own core story. But I think that it impacted the genre by setting up like, what is a vampire? This, these are the rules of the vampire, you know, the movies and the, mm. and the TV shows of the past um, helped shape. Cause you know, we go, we can go all the way back to the myths, but the, it was originally the, you know, like our predecessors in, in on TV and movie and, and books that shaped what our kind of common knowledge as a whole of what a vampire is like the rules for a ghost, uh, you know, a rule for um, a werewolf, you know, full moon, things like that. So I think that those shows set the foundation for what the rules are and, and, or whether we want to subvert them or not. That's a really interesting line of thought actually, because the, the idea that kind of by bringing these into popular culture, you popularize the rules behind them. And then later on, everybody understands, you know, the way you kill a vampire is with the stake through the heart. The way you kill a werewolf is with silver bullets. And you don't even really have to say it anymore. There's kind of like a shortcut that gets you right to the end, right? You don't even have to worry about telling someone exactly what needs to go on. Um, so I really, I, I really like that that idea that that's how um, the, the impact is that pop culture understands these monsters and understands the, maybe the minutia behind all those rules. It's really fun. Um, I think, I think the biggest impact, we touched on it a little bit in the first episode. I, I enjoy the way it has brought the mythological into the present day. Um, I think there was a tendency, especially before a lot of these shows became popular, to think of mythological creatures as having existed somewhere in the past, but not in our current modern world, for whatever that's worth. And I really, I'd like, my, at my heart, I, my favorite is urban fantasy, right? Like, so the, yeah. I love when paranormal creatures are in our modern world just walking around, you know, there was a vampire or whatever. Well, probably not right now because it's sunny, but <laughs> those rules again. Um, yeah, that, that's what I think the biggest impact is that we are now able to do that in a way that um, people find accessible instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to talk about, I don't know, whatever monster. Um, and that was ages and ages ago. And it doesn't apply to my actual life now. Um, but I, I think it, I think that's for me what, what I feel like the biggest impact of the genre has been. Yeah. And also like, it, it's like that, um, 
it takes, I mean, mythology is like any other religion and folklore and fairy tales, the beliefs of the people coming into the present day, we're taking a little bit of our history and human belief and what we're afraid of and what we um, also revere and we're bringing it into the modern world. And, and it's, it's, it's uh, struggling for it. It's cool to see like a lot of people taking back like their cultures and, you know, like figuring out how does that fit with me now? And I think through the paranormal genre, we kind of see these old myths and legends and we can kind of explore, you know, like our beliefs that, you know, like have were put to the wayside during the middle ages and a little and before when, you know, like Christianity and other Abrahamic religions became predominant uh, around the world. Like, and so like re-exploring all those old themes in a modern era is like bringing the old gods to town. It's the way I mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. I really, I, I like that we can reassess some of those beliefs at the same time. You know, we talked about it a little bit in the, the first episode, how Bram Stoker had all these particular ideas about how women should behave. And um, when we take some vampire stuff and we bring it into the modern era, we can, we can analyze that a little bit. We can talk about how that's changed and maybe how it can continue to change and things like that, that I think it's a a useful lens to look at um, our lives and just how much they've changed since then. Yeah, definitely. I have a question. Okay. So since we both grew up watching this kind of stuff and reading these kind of books, who's your favorite paranormal creature? And it could be a character from something or just mm. what, what monster is your favorite? <laughs> it's really- oh, I have so many. Um, I think though, that for me, werewolves and not just shifters in particular, but werewolves in particular um, are really kind of where, where my heart always is. And that's, that's for a bunch of reasons. I mean, they're just cool because they can turn into a wolf and wolves are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a, a duality to them, obviously, because there's like the, the monster within and it's always struggling for the surface and it affects how you as a human behave way. You know, the, the beast within is going to, you know, come out and ruin your life somehow. Yeah, they kind of, I think that that goes back to like a core thing. Like we are like, we're wild and we're domesticated, mm-hmm. you know, like at birth, we don't have any, like, you know, like children have to learn hitting hurts other people, you know, and biting hurts other people and that's not okay. And so like, I think the werewolf metaphor kind of speaks to that. Like we are animals, we're part of nature, yet we um, try to... I mean, and we do a really good job of putting on this, you know, um, facade of civility where we're actually just part of nature and not, and the animal is not always a bad thing. It, especially the part that is able to live with nature and not destroy it. Imagine being able to live with nature and not destroy it. How amazing that would be. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, I also really love that, um, that idea that they are closer to nature somehow because they have not allowed them themselves to be separated from nature as much. Um, I really, I mean, there's, there's so many reasons why, why I like them very much, but, and, and I think the other reason I like them a lot is because they are very, 
um, they're in a lot of cultures in they're yeah. everywhere in the world has those, those kinds of creatures. And, and now I guess I'm not talking so specifically about werewolves, but about any kind of were creature. Um, I think every civilization had their own version of that. Um, and I think that that has to do with the archetypal nature of it. Um, that has to do with the, all of us feel that way sometimes. And I feel like that's, um, that's why I love them. How about you? What's your favorite? Oh, I, 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 I love werewolves as well, but, um, it's really hard for me to pin down a favorite, um, paranormal creature. But, um, as a child, I felt, and it probably is what stoked all my love of dragons. I felt very happy every single time. And I know it's a, metaphor for something else but every time i watched puff the magic dragon as a child because he was this imaginary guy so i don't know if he's a paranormal creature or fantasy creature but like i mean dragons they've been you know in modern times shoved over to fantasy but they they're part of the myth and legend of every like many cultures many not every culture but many cultures dragons are featured in and sometimes they're lucky sometimes they're considered um protectors and sometimes they're considered something that is dangerous and lurking about and i think that's another thing i think it's um kind of like wolves like wolves are Mm -hmm. dangerous things whereas dragons are really not part of natural they're supernatural they're paranormal they're not normal like so i think i like that they're completely these fierce indomitable creatures and that's why i love them so much (laughs) i like dragons a lot too i've always kind of wondered if the the genesis for the first idea of dragons came from like somebody who accidentally found like a dinosaur skeleton and they were like what in the heck is this (laughs) it must be some giant magical creature that we've never heard of because obviously you don't see them walking around um and I've always, I, I really like that, um, that idea. And then I have no idea, obviously, if it's true and there's no way to find out, but that, that's always the connection I've made for myself. And I love dinosaurs too. Yeah. Yes. I said roar. Yeah. Roar. <laughs> yes. Roar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, dinosaurs are cool, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, as we're talking about these different uh, movies and shows that we watched as, as kids um, and as 20s and as whatever we are as now, um, how do you think the the different mediums, how do you think imp- their differences, how do you think that impacts the storytelling? So, you know, how is a book different than a movie, different than a show? So different mediums require different ways of telling stories. Like I always hear people say the book is better than the movie. And it, and I want to tell mm. them that's because the book happened in your head. It, mm. it might not like what an author puts down that they see and they visualize and it, no matter how much description they use and no much, no matter how much they um, try to portray the world as they see it in their head, you're going to see it differently than the way that I wrote it. You're going to see it the way that you perceive things. And so of course you're going to be extremely attached to what your own mind came up with versus something that's visual and somebody else's interpretation 
just coming at you. And sometimes I'll take out, you know, favorite parts, things like that, because story, storytelling through film and, you know, like through, whether it be um, movies or television is extremely different because, you know, like you get to be inside a character's head and know their motivations in a book and see how they act outwardly. You're own you're limited to, acting and whether those actors really portray the scene and or like directors like using the lighting you know they have to they have to use a different palette than an author uses so yes it definitely requires different um styles i think that's so important um what you were saying about being inside the character's head i feel like that's where a lot of adaptations of my favorite things fall down, right? There's there's a particular, um, I don't know, quirk of paranormal things kind of where the, the character hasn't internalized the world completely yet. And they're still having internal reactions to the world that run counter to how they're behaving. You know, like when the, when the hero is acting brave, but inside they're still scared of what's going on. Um, that in particular, I feel like is a thing that um, movies and TV aren't as good at the, the, the dichotomy between what the character is doing and what the character is feeling. Um, because all of us have two things going on at the same time, right? Like none of us are just one thing all the time. Um, and I really, really love that about books, how you can see or even uh, what I love even more in books is when you can see the character's internal monologue about, oh no, what is happening here? What am I going to do? I guess I'm going to brave through it, even though I'm terrified. Like, I really, really love that. Like, I'm in love with an internal monologue. (laughs) I feel like sometimes instead of descriptions, I do internal monologues. Yeah, no, that's, but that's good. That's good. Yeah. Like, cause you know, like they're seeing it and like, it's another way of doing narrative is yeah, definitely through that or description. I mean, mm. it's through the character saying how they feel and what they're seeing and, you know, like their interpretation real in real time is also that makes good fiction. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're getting their feels and you know, like, whereas a movie, they just look like a badass. You know, like there's like you you can have a moment you can show the fear in their face, but like usually in the book they say I don't show it outwardly. You know, like Mm -hmm. this is what's happening. And I mean that's because everyone loves a badass. Like, of course, that's why we're here. You know, to see Buffy slay the vampire. Like, that's 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 why we're here. (laughs) But yeah, I, I also like to see the the difference between that and what the character actually feels. Um, because I feel like that makes it richer. Um, now that said, I don't always enjoy the book more. Um, there have been a couple, uh, where I saw the the movie first and I went back and I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm afraid to say, cause I don't want to offend any author. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah. I mean, we, we don't need yeah. to mention particular names, yeah, but, here, but, but, we, like, but we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that I think usually comes down to, especially for me, like, dated ideas you know especially when we go back to some earlier versions of of these stories just things that are no longer the case in our world you know the things that we have moved on from for good reason like charlie and the chocolate factory movie fantastic 
I lit, I just recently saw the books and the illustrations in the books and the way that it's, I was like, oh, this is terrible. You know, like the whole story. Of the, this the is a horror like, story. This, this, I mean, well, you know, it, it was always like, you know, like terrible in a lot of ways, but there was like some things that would not fly in 2020. Well, hopefully when it fly in 2023 in a book, <laughs> hopefully we're not like oh, outright. That's a whole other can yeah. of worms oh yeah what they're doing to those books um anyway let's not get sidetracked yeah, on that right. because i have a whole a whole rant about that um so while we're on the topic of book uh adaptations what's your favorite one there's been some really good ones yeah um, we're gonna stick to paranormal here um mm-hmm. i'm gonna say that I thoroughly, I re, okay, I just watched it last night. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I love the way it was done because we've talked about how Dra- Dracula was problematic, especially toward women. Mm-hmm. Last night, I watched Renfield. Nick Cage is Dracula. Um, oh, God, the <laughs> X-Men guy, I can't think of, he's in the great, I can't think of his name right now, the actor's name, but he's Renfield. And... Um, I really need to write down actors and actresses' names. And um, this actress I love, she was in Shang-Chi and Aquafina. Can't think of the actress's name, but she's in it too. And it's just so good. They they subvert every trope and they kind of portray, I don't want to give away too much, but um, Renfield and Dracula's relationship as a narcissist and a codependent and it's mm-hmm. it's it's spectacularly done it, and it's filmed like a comic book you know how some movies and just the way that they set the scenes and so i looked it up and it was actually a comic writer who pitched the movie so right now the, right now renfield is my favorite paranormal but i think it changes uh, or uh, I, ooh, I don't know if it's an adaptation that's right it was not an adaptation it is it wasn't based on a comic book I was thinking it was an adaptation, but it's my favorite right now paranormal movie. (laughs) I mean, it is an adaptation in that it's about Dracula, right? I'm like, you're actually as I went on, I forgot. Yes, Dracula is an actual book. My favorite Dracula adaptation is Renfield. Another really good one. It was done a couple years ago i think on netflix another dracula in- interpretation was really good except for i hated the way that it ended i hate it i mean like what they did with van helsing was brilliant it, it, she's a nun mm. and investigating murders and it was brilliant but the, the, <sighs> moffat made it and you know, the guy who does doctor who and, <laughs> and like and, and i it's just i think oh, no. he's brilliant but it, sometimes he just doesn't follow through at the end please don't hate me sir <laughs> i didn't like watching this. He's, he's not listening to this he's not watching this but i just always feel like i don't want to talk bad about other artists because <laughs> i wouldn't want somebody to talk bad about me but that's just me trying to be nice but I, that's my opinion on that show <laughs> mm-hmm. and is van helsing an adaptation that's an interesting question yeah it is i guess it would still be it, an adaptation of oh it was it's a comic book adaptation oh it, but it, yeah it, it would also be an adaptation of dracula wow dracula's <laughs> been ad- adapted an awful lot <laughs> it has been adapted a lot let's get some new stories in there thanks 
<laughs> yeah. But I'll still um, watch the Dracula adaptations. I said that, but I still yeah. would watch one. I, I'll watch them, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll always watch one. Um, I may not enjoy every minute of it, but I'll watch it. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's it, it, it's a tie between two. So I'm going to... Um, I'm going to list them both, I guess. Um, I really, really loved the adaptation of The Magicians that was on television. Ooh, yeah. Um, and the reason for that is very specific. Um, <laughs> that is because they realized very quickly, I think, that the person they had decided that was the, or I think the person that's the main character in the books is actually not that interesting and is actually not the main character of, of the show as it goes on. And... Um, I think that was brilliantly done because like we got to the end of season one and I was like, can I never see Quentin again? Cause I don't care about that. man. <laughs> oh my gosh. The emo is of the emos. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, woe is me. I'm a magician I felt, and I can't deal with it. I felt like my boomer parents. I wanted to be like, yeah, just suck it up. Right. She you got, got everything you wanted. These people are doing this. This is the other stuff is happening, and oh, this is hard. <laughs> yeah, this is so tough. I have emotions about this. I mean, I like I like sensitive men. It's not that. It's no. He ne- he was just really, really, <laughs> really into it. Like he, he wallowed, and nobody likes a wallower, whether it's a man or a woman. Like it's, no, it's just, no, no. You need to oh. you need to power through. You need to go. <laughs> and uh, the other one I really loved um, was True Blood, uh, oh, and. Yeah. I actually, I'm I'm gonna come out and say it, and it's gonna be controversial. But I liked the the show much more than I ever liked the books in that case, and I <laughs> I think that again that was for very specific reasons. I think the show did a lot of things um, to make the side characters more interesting. I guess this is what I really like when the side characters become more important, um, and the you you see the true world behind the main character because when it's all about the main character you have a hard time seeing everything around them because they can only see so much but when you go into the uh the point of view of some of those side characters you see a much richer world and you see much more interesting things happening in that world and you can build more complex stories that way i think absolutely Um, and i want to personally thank alan ball for lafayette and the yes. late actor who played him because yeah and he got and he what a treasure he didn't kill his queers and yep. he got to you know like no love lots of things happen for lafayette just he, shine yeah way more powerful not not a not a not not a victim he was through and through in that show just wonderful character i think one of my favorites you know was lafayette yeah. I, I, I don't I, if somebody doesn't like lafayette i'm sorry we cannot be friends <laughs> we cannot be friends <laughs> yeah i feel the same way I, that's like In fact, friend. that was one of the <laughs> that was one of the shows where i watched it first and then went back and read the book and i, mm. I think i put the book down when that thing happened i mean it's it's a, a spoiler but it's like 20 mm. years old now and i was just yeah. like i don't think I, I said the same thing i was like i don't think we could be friends <laughs> I don't think I don't think I could be friends with you, Book. I look what you did to 
the the love of my life like I, I don't know why you would do that to him but it's terrible and no i don't think we i, I don't think we can do it I, I went on to read a few more but like i still i i, I internalized that pain you know i was like mm, I, I i don't know you hurt me once i i can't truly invest in you because you hurt me that time yeah just don't kill them don't kill them <laughs> please um all um, right i'm gonna ask you something all right go ahead do you usually make sure you read there's people that do this so this is a legit question do you usually read the book first or if you just want to watch a movie you watch the movie and maybe check out the books later i don't worry about it too much which order i do it in so if i just heard about the movie and the movie sounds cool i'll go watch the movie and then if i liked the movie i'll go back and read the book later. Um, and th that's like what happened to me with true blood. Like I was like, Oh, that show looks cool. I'm going to watch that show. And then I watched it and I was like, Oh, Same. maybe I'll enjoy the books. And, and you know, um, I don't make sure I read it first to me. It doesn't really matter. And I think it's because of that thing we talked about before. They're totally different. Like, even though I'm talking about them at the same time, I know that the true blood show and the, the books, the Sookie Stackhouse books are very, very different. They're not to me, even the same thing. They're entirely different worlds. They're just well, kind of based on right. the same rules. Not, again, spoilers, but it's been out for 20 years and they end differently. They end differently. Mm -hmm. And I think Charlene Harris made a choice with that. She made a lot of choices, but like she made a choice of how she was going to end it and made sure it was her way or whatever. Um, I feel one thing though, about the books they did. I, I, I felt they made Eric scarier. Mm. And at the same time, like you're rooting for him. Whereas the show, you kind of like, hey, he's dangerous from like beginning, you know, like they did make him a little <laughs> scary in the first season, but they didn't keep up keep up the scary too much yeah but like you're kind of rooting and you he's dangerous him. but in that good way <laughs> yeah like you understand like you understand him more like as things progress and he's like a lot smarter and there's yeah like and, and pam's just see that see the show is a treasure trove of just like you said excellent side characters it's it's you know like note-taking for anybody who wants to um really have character i mean it's plot driven but like characters that matter and you think about three years later i mean it's been off the air for or it hasn't aired for a long time i mean the finale was years ago i don't remember when it ended but it, it was a while ago um i think that um ooh, lost my train of thought there um oh eric specifically um yeah i, I think you have a really good point there i think that Sometimes, I mean, you can in books, especially if you um, if you take the time to look through their eyes, develop characters in more interesting ways. Um, absolutely. But I think shows in particular like that have a lot of stock in making side characters very lovable um, in, in different ways because they want you to be attached to them. Um, cause that's what brings you back week after week. Um, and it's funny, d both of these that I had picked have had the same thing going on. Like I could not care less in most episodes about Sookie and Bill and whatever was going on with them. I was like, where's, where's everybody else? What's everybody else doing? <laughs> can, we, can we not with them? <laughs> Is Tara going to get over Jason? You know, like, and oh no, I forgot her name. The, the redheaded girl. I was like, what's going to happen with her? Oh, like, Jessica. I was very I don't think, in her. She, Jessica. I don't she was that was even in the books. I can't remember. 
remember her in the book. She might have been. So I, I don't remember, to be honest. If, but, if so, it was a very, very small part yeah. um, that she had in the books. But yeah, I, I, I was, I loved her. I, I was just like constantly like, oh no, what's going to happen to her? She's all, all by herself, and she's, she's. This was like an accident, and yeah, that really, yeah. Um, that character really wormed its way into my heart. Um, so, uh, how about you? Did you? I don't think you answered that question oh. about the, the books or the movies first. Do I watch the I think you were nodding so, along with me, but if you have anything okay. else to add, go ahead. So, <laughs> all right. When I was young, and I think that um, a lot of people have less flexible like your 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 mind is motable but like you think the rules really matter and Mm -hmm. i had this thing that if i was going to watch a movie or a show i had to read the book first i don't know where that rule came up with it's arbitrary it doesn't it doesn't matter there's like like i won't get judged by the you know like entertainment god for you know mm-hmm. not for not reading the books first so but i i had that rule in my head and what if you i think <laughs> well <laughs> i might judge him back <laughs> but <laughs> don't get me on my god's rant <laughs> but <laughs> um but whew. Take a breather, Tammy. Okay. But um, yeah, I now I will watch a movie first or I'll watch a show first. And based on that, I'll decide whether I will read the books. And sometimes I'll read the books first because, you know, I'll, I'll find because, you know, we're both prolific readers and writers. And so, like, yeah, if it comes across and then it becomes a movie or a show, great. I want to see both versions. And I don't ever, like I did when I was younger. I was one of those people that were like, oh, Tom Bombadil wasn't in uh, Lord of the Rings. So therefore it is completely irrelevant. I, good day. I don't like this movie. <laughs> Goodbye. You know, like, cause I was one of those, I was, you know, like I'm neurodivergent. So I get, a, I got a little pedantic on things, but I think that now, like, like we've discussed earlier, learning that there are different ways of telling a story and that, what works in a book is not going, and I think that also comes with education, learning more about storytelling and how things that happen in a book just are not translatable to a TV show that's going to be on for an hour or a movie that, you know, you have to, to take, you know, whatever, how many hours it took you to read and imagine that book and condense it into, you know, visuals for an hour and a half. Well, some movies are three hours. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Still, it's not like it's still going to take you much longer to read the book than it is to watch the movie mm-hmm. so do you think there is a a golden age for paranormal shows and movies like w- was there a time period when they were better are we in it now see that's a good question because i think that with older stuff it has the ele- some elements that are we can learn from but i think as with most things I don't believe in golden ages. I believe in progress and things can get better and change and adapt and mold like to our times. And, and, you know, there might be a favorite way. I personally like a story to be told. And so I don't like a new adaptation or I don't like, you know, like I'll, 
I guess some vampire movie in or show now, I might not like as much as the stuff that was when I was a child, but I don't believe in golden ages. I really don't. I think that we can keep on progressing. I mean, stuff fades out too. So, I mean, I think a golden age is when it's all faded out and done, but I think it will just come again in a different incarnation because that's just kind of how stories work. Yeah. I, uh, I, I have a lot of opinions about this question because I am a child of the eighties and the nineties. And I feel like I have a lot of love for Buffy and angel and that entire era, because that was kind of, you know, my, my formative stuff. That was, um, that was what made me, me as a, a writer and as a, a creative of all kinds. Um, and yet you know, I've tried to go back recently and watch some of those and the suck fairy hit those real hard. <laughs> like, especially the way certain characters were treated. I'm just like, Hmm, I don't know. I, I think we, we could have done better. Joss Whedon, who is also not watching this, but yeah, I, I think we could have done a lot better by a lot of, of characters um, and, and changed the, the, the way we treated them. Um, and I think some future adaptations have done that. And I think, I think I agree with you. I think we do just keep getting better and better. So my answer would be the golden ages now and always now, right? Yes. Like, so five years from now, it will be now and meaning then, and 10 years from now, it will be then at now that was confusing, but anyway, I know, I know, you know what I mean. Like, no, I know what you mean. Where we are, <laughs> um, because I, yeah, I, I think progress is important. I think um, I more recently watched um, Vampire Diaries, um, and I think just looking at the way characters were treated between those two shows, which were ostensibly similar shows, uh, you can you can see the difference. You can see what has happened. Um, you can see that women in general are treated more seriously as characters in in the newer shows than they were then. They were just like caricatures then and treated certain ways. And um, I really, that to me is, is what makes now better. And I mean, even Vampire Diaries isn't now. It was a while ago, but like, mm -hmm. I was just thinking, is there a vampire show that's on now? But I guess Renfield is it. So yeah, like like we yeah. can talk about how you were saying that characters were being treated even better in that one and how yeah. they were talking about, you know, relationship. That's the other thing that is very, um, I think, evolved over the years, relationship dynamics, right? Because yeah. relationship dynamics in the 90s were very, very simple. And as we've gone on through time, they've gotten more and more complicated and more and more nuanced. And I really like that. I love a complicated uh -huh. relationship. That's not just like, Oh, I love you. Cause you're a bad boy. Like, I mean, I love a bad boy too, but like there's more two relationships than that. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah. I like the era too of the cinnamon roll because yeah, I was, I was the person that was attracted to the bad boys back then. So I'm like, yeah. so, so I'm like, can I, can we have, I don't, I don't want it in my fiction. I don't want it anywhere. <laughs> I have the cinnamon rolls. Thank you. And cinnamon roll, if people are listening and don't know what a cinnamon roll is, it's just a kind, thoughtful person that kind of just goes through life and tries to be good. 
I mean, yeah. I still love a bad boy too, but I also appreciate a cinnamon roll. Like, they are my there's room for both in my life. <laughs> <laughs> they are my absolute weakness, especially in fi- fiction. Like I've told you, I said in the last episode, I was wondering why the ladies were running from the vampires because I'm like, look at him, he's kind of like a dragon, kind of you know, strong and powerful, and that's you yeah. know, uh, I got to unpack about myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the, i have done that so many times where i look at i'm like why do i like that character why why am i attracted to that i don't understand at all because especially in, in like fiction because i'm like i would not be able to tolerate a man like that in my life <laughs> like just straight up there's no way <laughs> but yet when i read i'm still like mm, he seems very cool <laughs> and now it's like no no so, no yeah no. yeah no, I am. I'm actually like you know, you you know, I'm actually um, separated and you know, like dated again, and it's just like, oh no, 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 you cannot behave that way. So right. yeah, I've I've learned in real time that oh, I am no longer attracted to this unless it's in fiction. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I I feel like that's an important niche that fiction um supplies, letting you see that without having to get involved in it. Because yeah. like I will read about a toxic relationship all day long, love the drama and of it and love all of that, but like I do not want to be in a toxic relationship. I I, I know myself. I can't exist in that relationship. Like exactly. it, it just doesn't work. It- and I hate when people are like, women shouldn't support this because it's X, Y, or Z. And I think that that is treating women, uh, infantilizing us as, mm-hmm. and, and also the non-binary people or, you know, like, and, and this goes for the spectrum of gender. I think it's infantilizing to any um, gender to say, you shouldn't read this kind of toxic stuff. There's, mm-hmm. I think that, I want to give people unless they, you know, like literally have a mental illness where they cannot delineate fantasy from reality. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, the doubt and understand as vampires are not real, this toxic relationship that's happening with him here. Yes. It's mm-hmm. feeding, you know, whatever dopamine that you get out of, you know, drama of, you know, like the way that your brain is wired for story. Yeah. But like in real life, don't want it at all. So I think that like, you know, there's, there are a few cases where like, I personally cannot read certain kinds of fiction, but like, I think that we as a society need to understand that we don't need to burn and ban the books. People Mm -hmm. can delineate fantasy from reality and not use books as um, like a paranormal book as a guideline for life as just treated as it is the story in a safe environment without anybody getting hurt. Yeah, because we learn from stories too. Like you learn what a toxic relationship looks like by by watching that happen, you know, and you can learn to see those things in your life when they happen to you or when they happen to other people and learn to understand, um, you know, when you should get out. Girl, you should get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, girl, get out. Girl, get out. Yes, that's, yes. And I, think, and I think that, you know, like it's not fiction's fault of what, you know, like it, blaming something, something that is fictionalized for what is happening to a person in reality is not okay. The, like the, 
we we need to do better as a society on some things. Because you know what? Those abusive people probably didn't read those books. Like, let's just be straight up. Yeah. They're not reading vampire novels. They're not learning how to be a jerk from reading about Lestat. No. Like, it's no. just not happening. It is art imitating life and examining right. it and pulling it apart. Yes, he's, he's so bad. He's so bad. But I was a brat when I was when I was 17 and 16, 17 year olds reading, reading those books. I mean, because, you know, like in development, you know, you your brain is not fully developed till you're 25 years old and you're like all teenagers are kind of narcissists and it's not their fault it's not their fault they literally don't have the same sort of empathy or the same sort of they have empathy of course uh, but like it's not fully developed and it's a learned thing and you know and so yeah I was a complete idiot when I was 16 and so sorry, everybody, anybody might listen to this and knew me when I was 16. So sorry. I was a moron. I'm much nicer now, much kinder. (laughs) And I don't think I was ever unkind, but I, yeah, I kind of just thought it around a little bit. (laughs) Didn't we all? (laughs) We all. Yeah, it's good. All right. Controversial question. The most controversial question coming up as we round out our show. What is the best, the one, you have to pick only one, the best paranormal show? I'm just kidding. You don't have to pick just one. You can list like three. What we do in the shadows. (laughs) What we do in the shadows. And I'll tell you why. Okay, tell me. Because it subverts every trope. Everybody is completely queer it's filled with representation it laughs at itself it is Mm. it is wonderful in every Mm. way and i think that everything that taika waititi touches kind of has that those elements i'm gonna fangirl a minute on like his brilliance as a director but like you know because like after that show i watched the show then i found out that there was a movie and then i found out Mm. that he made these other films and you know (laughs) My, my, me and my kids sing uh, Ricky, uh, shoot, I can't think of his name, but anyways, Ricky Baker. We sing Ricky, you know, Ricky Baker all the time. It's from this movie. Um, it's not paranormal, but it's called Hunt for the Wilder People, and I'll just recommend it even though it's not a paranormal book. But th- what we do in the shadows, I would say that that is one of the best paranormal ones, and parallel with it, I'm sorry, I have to do too, is Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs mm-hmm. is really about life on you know for indigenous people on the reservation but it has paranormal elements that are like dear ladies part of it there's other myths and love legends that um and it's done by indigenous people so it's it's done well and it's respectful of their you know culture and their teachings so i mean i really really love reservation dogs and there's um the spirit oh, there's so many and they're great like and it also laughs at itself Mm-hmm. I, uh, I remember when we were talking about this and you mentioned reservation dogs and I was like, I had never even thought of that as being paranormal. And I was like, of course it is. Uh, of, I, I think because I, I thought of it as being about their, their current beliefs and it is, but I think that can also be paranormal. And I think, um, I think that kind of fits with what I'm going to say, which is I, I have a couple too. Um, my current favorite, because you always have to have a current favorite, um, is evil. And like reservation dogs, it treats a current day belief as if it were a paranormal experience. So evil is about, um, a Catholic priest and the investigations that they, um, 
that they go into at the behest of the church trying to essentially disprove um, the existence of demons and um, miracles and all sorts of things like that. Um, and it, so it's a little bit like uh, the exorcist, but turned into a show. Um, and I, I, I like it a lot for a lot of those, a lot of those similar reasons. Um, it, it takes the uh, mythology of Catholicism and makes it a lot more, uh, a lot more present, kind of like we were talking about earlier, a lot more in the modern day, because I think when a lot of people think about the mythology of Catholicism, it belongs back in like the thousands or whatever. And it, so, so this is taking it into the present and saying, what would, uh, you know, a, a greed demon look like in 2023? What would whatever look like in 2023? And I really, really appreciate that about that show. Um, and, so that's my current favorite. I think if I had to pick one other favorite, um, it's probably Teen Wolf. And boy, am I, I don't even know wetting myself with that because I love Teen Wolf so much. And I was talking about this, this show with another friend the other day and we just kind of both went, Teen Wolf, right? <laughs> and, and that was it. Like, and that's all we had to say. And we just kind of walked off um, I, because yeah, like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, I wish I've not, okay. I've seen this is where I did a well I've seen the original Teen Wolf Michael J Fox don't need to see the new one and so I really probably should check it and plus I have three teenagers in my house so I'm so done with teenagers Anyways. Teen Wolf, the show is so much better than the oh, movie like I'm, I'm sure it was very campy in the 80s yeah the movies were not very good at all um but the show is totally. really really good the, the show involves a lot of different paranormal creatures not just werewolves um and the show also uh has very serious things to say about a lot of more current issues um and more current like uh political and identity sort of issues than um, they ever wanted to touch back in the eighties with, with that teen wolf. And I, I wish it was still on because I loved it so much. Um, so I think those are my two favorites. Uh, and I, um, I was trying to think if there was a third one, but I think that, I think those are it. I, uh, I, I outed myself as a teen wolf fan girl. So I think, <laughs> I think we're done here. <laughs> Um, no. Uh, so do you have anything else uh, you you would like to talk about, about paranormal shows and TV? Um, but we cannot do an episode on paranormal without mentioning Supernatural because it's rabid mm. fandom. And I was part of the rabid fandom. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I love the first five seasons after that. I was like, but you know like some people love it they kept on loving it i mean i, I have a friend who um she writes fan fiction for you know supernatural and like she she has her own following just for the fan fiction that she writes you know she doesn't <laughs> make money off of it because you can't make money off of fan fiction but so i think that i think it's interesting how paranormal like circling back to the beginning does it impact yeah like you'll see people and i'm going to mention another one stranger things is a huge one i love that there's so when i watch that it's like oh there's my childhood you know like it you know, like, <laughs> in some ways i feel it's a little bit more um i'm going to date ones in this guy was like no no it was my childhood 
and like kind of said, you know, and I'm like, but we're the same age, <laughs> you know. It was, it was really weird. And I think he was trying to say that he and his nerd friends did these nerd things, and I couldn't have possibly done that. And there wasn't many more dates after that. But yeah, I, I just remember. Good. Just, there, there was actually none. But <laughs> I was like, okay, so there's more issues than that. But like that was just one of the yeah. flags. It's like, no, no. that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were assigned female at birth. You couldn't possibly know what it was like to be a nerd in the 80s. <laughs> like, no, thank you, dude. I, I was I was listening to that music and watching those shows and reading those books, too. So, yeah. <laughs> I love Stranger Things. And I think what I love the most about Stranger Things is sharing that with my kids. And I do share a lot of paranormal. Like, my kids all love, like, kind of goth stuff. And not my eldest, but my two younger. And, and I think it's because... But like, you know, I was reading them Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman when they were little kids and, you know, like Coraline. And um, I think that they really like they kind of follow their mom's footsteps and they kind of have similar tastes. And I'm like, well, where did you guys get that case? And they took it a step above and they like horror. And I'm just like, yep, no, nope, mom can't go in that. <laughs> you know, like I did when I was younger, but now I'm older. I'm just like, <sighs> and I have to tell you, Renfield is very gory horror but it's funny. It's a, it's a comedy horror. I can do comedy horror all the time. Make me laugh and I can see anything happen. <laughs> yeah. I think I have a, a lesser tolerance for visual horror. Um, as I've gotten older, I, I can still read it just fine. Oh, but, um, yeah. but I, I can't watch, especially the really, really gory stuff. I, uh, I, I just can't anymore. I'm just like, that's not for me. It's for someone and bless you and go ahead. But like, it's not mine. <laughs> yeah um, yeah my my favorite book series ever is urban fantasy but it has horror elements because it has a lot of gore it's like the kate daniel series and i'm always like that's my comfort read and people look at me like what <laughs> those are your comfort books and i'm like yeah because it's found family a found family of monsters but it's a found family <laughs> Monsters can be family. What do you mean? I think they put it as like, like she collect. They're like he's like, oh, you you collect spree killers, Kate. You know, like uh, the, the, her love and, or her husband, eventual husband. Spoiler: these been all. How could you spoil that? <laughs> if there's a lion on every book, I pretty much guarantee, and he's a lion shifter, and you know, like there's her and the lion head on every book, pretty much guaranteed that they are going to end up together. So not too much of a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> no plus those books have been out forever so you're good oh, yeah yeah you're that, good we should probably adapt- put a spoiler warning up at the yeah. beginning of the show though talk about adaptations adapt those books and do it right <laughs> I don't oh, what a beautiful <laughs> thing to close up like why doesn't anyone adapt more of these books i feel like and the adaptations are always oh we we had talked about um so my closing point is going to be we had talked about good adaptations i'm going to talk about bad adaptations for just a second not not that the books are bad uh that the adaptations are bad um the ones for the the mortal instrument books are terrible they're so bad and i was so just far. like what 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 do we do? why did you make this you terrible ass show like what oh god and they tried it more than once that's the worst thing and they did it bad every time like what it's not difficult go 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 find someone who who did teen wolf or vampire diaries those are fine what are you doing <laughs> 
And I actually we got it out. Read, <laughs> we read the Vampire Diaries books because uh, oh, oh my god, I, I just I wasn't sure if I was gonna enjoy them as much after I had uh, watched all of the shows um, because I, I watched them in a weird order. Um, I watched the originals first because I thought it was a standalone show about vampires and it was actually the second show. And when I watched that, I was like, Oh, there's another show. And I hadn't even heard of the books at the time. And then when I realized they were related, um, I was like, Oh no, there's definitely vampire diaries books. And so I read, I, I watched the whole show. And then when I got to the end of the show, I was, there's a particular thing that happens uh, to the character Bonnie that I was like, I don't even want to, ever relive this again and i don't want to read these books specifically because i don't want to know if that actually happens in the books like it, it bothered me so much yeah. and so i was like okay we're just gonna we're gonna leave that here and pretend that doesn't exist anymore and just keep moving on in the future yeah. um, but I, th- I think the adaptation is a good one um but yeah the the mortal instruments ones are just so weird yeah, and I don't even know what they were trying to do. Like they were clearly trying to be like edgy and it just ended up goofy. Oh. And like I I, I don't even know. I was like you could have just called up the vampire diaries later. Like that was plenty edgy. You would have been fine. <laughs> just kind of yeah. Seek help. <laughs> How should I do this? Seek help. Like it's okay to model things and then make your own, make it your own, you know, like just yeah. seek help. <laughs> Don't just go, you know, this sounds like, a, like I like talking about adaptations. I watched a uh, Van Helsing 2004 and that's, that's my bad one. Oh God. It was so bad. It was so, oh, yeah. it was so bad. Oh. And there was, there was actually like one good line of dialogue that he, and I'm like, Jackman is a good actor and you guys just, <laughs> but anyway, there was this line of dialogue that he, he delivered. It was snappy. It was quick. It was witty. And it said something, but it was just lost. Cause this woman just like the, not this woman, but the, the actress, the, the, the way that they directed it and wrote it, like she just talks. And so it's just drowned. And like, and I'm like, hmm. <sighs> I mean, there's even a scene where there's a cow that's catapulted into a building. It breaks the building and then the whole battle happens. And then you see the cow just find at the second floor. Just, and I'm like, why did it have anything to do with it? <laughs> There was just so many things wrong with it. I could go on about how this, like they were trying to be campy, and then it just yeah, like that's clearly a try for camp, but it really no. But it was good, and one of those things that this is so bad, and like the kids had never seen it, and I don't think I ever saw it before because like their dad, he can watch completely horrible movies and enjoy them because he he loves bad like a really bad movie is just like it's like a fine wine for him. He's just like, Oh, this is mm-hmm. delicious. Cause he laughs at how bad it is. Whereas mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, I can't, I like it physically hurts me to watch. This. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah. that way when people trample stories badly, you know, like when you get to the end and you're like, you mangled this ending. What did you do? Oh, no, no. What? Seek help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go find a real writer. That was terrible. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that, was, that wasn't about no not you no 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 no. i didn't think you were meaning me jeez oh. <laughs> oh. 
all right i think we've reached the end we've reached the conclusion uh where i just come off as mean <laughs> which is fine i don't mind that at all um i wanted to make sure to mention uh that we have a discord now um you can find that uh discord link in our link tree it will definitely be in the show notes as well um but we are starting the discord so that listeners of the show and readers of our books can come and talk to us about all kinds of paranormal things because as you can see we love to talk about paranormal things and we can just talk and talk and talk about them <laughs> so check that out we will would love to see you there and all of our social things we also have also on our link tree we have a, an Instagram and a Facebook page and a TikTok. And do you have anything else you would like to add, ma'am? Nope. Just looking for so, forward to maybe some more paranormal movies and shows coming out. I've, I've seen, I've seen mm. a few and I'm looking forward to them and I hope that they live up to the hype. Do you have one that you're looking forward to more than the others right now? Well, not a new one, but I can't wait for season five of What We Do in the Shadows. I'm looking forward mm. to Guillermo's journey there. He's a familiar for the vampires, and I'm, I'm for it. Guillermo's one of those side characters <laughs> you fall in love with. <laughs> oh, excellent. All right. So we will wrap it up on that note. Thank you for listening. And we will be back in a month with a show all about monsters, because you know we love those. 